I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broken Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. What's up, broken people? This is Felina. This is Summer. You know, maybe you want to update on our lives. And so we'll give you one. 2019 <laughs> has been a bitch already. And we're only two months in and I'm over it. Yeah, I know. And I actually, like, I, I told Summer to just start recording because I actually wanted to talk about, like, a real, like, issue, like, when it comes to, like, shaming and and judging and I'm like struggling with something right now so I just thought we would record it okay. um, because you know I've gone through some recent drama with some people who I thought that uh, loved me and like and maybe they did and maybe they didn't I don't I really don't know um, but I, I keep inviting these people into my life that like make me feel like I'm not okay exactly how I am and I know we could all use improvement, and I know that we could all use counseling, and it's all, you know, mental health is a thing, and we need to do that to take care of ourselves. It should be part, you know, it's part of why we do this show, mm-hmm. is to destigmatize the need for mental health issues. And, you know, just because you have something wrong, quote unquote wrong, it's not wrong. Like, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You just, you know, we're human we're going through our individualized human experiences and each of us each of us has gone through something that has been formative in a negative way and it affects our behaviors our outward behaviors and as we grow as children as adults we continue to grow and learn these things about ourselves and deal with them as we as we can and along the way you collect people at least I do I collect these people who are wonderful who accept me for the way I am and support me when I am faced with personal challenges and and periods of growth and I have recently experienced and and, and I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg firstly I've experienced (laughs) abandonment a lot and I don't know if I perpetuate that because I experienced that as a child or if now it's different it feels different now like people are now like they're not saying oh well I'm just gonna leave you because I don't care about you it's like it's more nasty than that they're like I'm gonna leave you because uh, there's something wrong with you and it feels like that judgment is is feels fucking terrible right and like I you know and when I finally stand up for myself I I'm and I think this is a, just a, a hint of patri- patriarchy, uh, <laughs> you know, that as a woman trying to finally stand up for myself when I have felt uh, bullied uh, and actually been accused of being the bully. Um, and I finally stand up for myself and, you know, it's like, I can't fucking win. Mm-hmm. And I still feel judged and, and put down upon. And, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm just free-flowing no, here. No, go but... ahead. I'm listening. Because I haven't heard any of this yeah. before, so we're well, trying to I mean, get it out there. I have gone through so much personal growth. I have made poor choices. I have trusted the wrong people. I have learned from those experiences and grown. I have made mistakes. I am more than happy to admit my own mistakes. Um, you know, but I'm not going to continue to be taken advantage of. And... Uh, I was just telling somebody last night. I have a tattoo of my heart on one on one sleeve, oh. and it's an anatomical heart. I'm about to get the anatomical brain on the other side. <laughs> 
because I need some balance there. Yes. And that's what I'm learning at 37 is, you know, for the most of my life, I've lived with my heart on my sleeve and I've allowed myself to basically trust everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm super vulnerable and honest about who I am and my flaws. I don't try to pretend to be something that I'm not. Uh, I am a kind person. I'm not pretending to be a kind person. I am genuine. I'm not pretending. How can you pretend to be genuine? You know, like, I, I, I don't have some hidden ulterior motive. I'm not a narcissist. I'm not a liar. I'm not these things that I'm being accused of being. Mm. And it's heartbreaking to know that there are people that can, that you think that you allow yourself to be vulnerable around and they misconstrue who you are because of their own issues that they don't want to face, that they don't want to look at, and it's projected upon you as your own. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm, and I'm just so frustrated with being misrepresented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and it's, it's the insecurities that, uh, it's like you let somebody know you and then they figure out what your weaknesses are and use them against you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it feels like. Whether it was intentional or not, that's what it feels like. And it's hurtful. Right. And no responsibility is taken on that side of things. It's just all me. And I feel like I get in these positions with my ex where the whole, I'm supposed to take all the blame. And you know what? I've started to realize that I have this habit of being super easygoing and like kind of letting other people call the shots on things uh, when I'm real happy with, like if I, you know, get into a situation, whether it's, you know, or a relationship with someone, whatever kind of relationship that is, um, where I'm, propped up and made to feel good, uh, narcissists would call it, or in that terminology, love bombed, you know, mm-hmm. where I, you know, and I get that, uh, you know, maybe I'm feeling bad about myself, so I get that, uh, you know, love bomb, that attention, that build up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's like people can see that, you know, they're like, oh, well, there's a, some, somebody that I can, I can love bomb them, and then, right. you know, earn their trust and their loyalty and I've been a target of that and I probably I know it's probably a result of my own childhood trauma that I allow those situations to occur and I don't identify them sooner because uh, you're thinking with those emotions you're making I'm thinking decisions with my with damn emotions. heart yeah. yeah and and what I need and I'm not paying attention to my head and I'm not using my head to um, you know not I, it's just against my nature to not be like totally open and, and vulnerable and honest about what I'm feeling but I just can't I can do it in a constructive way and I'll do it publicly like we do here mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I'm, I'm definitely learning not to reveal my soul to um, you know my my real deep you know soul and, I don't know. Our souls have so many different compartments and aspects because I do feel like I, I bear my soul in my songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably where I'm the most vulnerable. I get pissed off when people are like, you know, when I've had incidences where people claim they don't know me, I'm like, listen to my songs. 
Like, that's the real me. Right. I'm not trying, like, that's me, you know? Um, but I will say this. What has been kind of great is that I, I think I have always, I think we all care about what other people think of us, whether we should or shouldn't. I love sayings like, uh, you know, what you think about me is none of my business. That's such a great way to look at it. And uh, it's, tr- it's true, you know, like if people don't like me, I think I'm finally just not giving a fuck. Right. I mean, I think that's a good reminder that we don't need that validation. Anybody with empathy and, and who's capable of connection is still going to be, you know, hurt at times because especially people we care about or their or whose opinions we value, you know, if they're harsh with us or whatever, mm-hmm. then of course we're going to be hurt. But yeah, I think that's an important thing that we have to remind ourselves and try to keep in perspective is yeah. that we don't have to have the validation. We, need, we yeah. need to find that in ourselves. Yes, and that's where I'm at. And it's been freeing um, because in situations like what I've recently been dealing with, I can finally do what I know is best for me that may seem unfair to others, uh-huh. but uh, rather than always putting aside my own perspective and my own best interest uh, to the advantage of others, uh, finally going, no, you know what, I'm going to put myself first for once, and I feel that I was taken advantage of mm. and I uh, don't want to be taken advantage of anymore and I'm not going to be and agree or disagree that's where I'm at and you know I, I just think it was finally worth it to I don't know for me this was a big deal because I've been good at standing up for other people, people, but not always for myself, mm. you know. And um, I'm thinking with my my head a little bit more than just my heart, and still learning. I mean, I'm just learning, and I know that perspective can change. Mm-hmm. I know that I myself am very open to, uh, you know, I never like write people off uh, because. I have grown so much as a person. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. Right. And I won't be the same person in five more years That's than I am now. Nobody is. And unless you are like, you know, seriously, you know, mentally ill in some way that is irreversible, like I afford everybody the opportunity to grow and change and alter their perspective and, um, you know, be more open-minded and, try to put yourself in other people's shoes and we all do that in various ways sometimes it's forced upon us life throws something at you that forces you Mm -hmm. to see a different perspective um and sometimes you choose to um and i mean i think this was like the new year's resolution i remember saying that i uh wanted to be more uh proactive in the changes that i made in my life rather than it just happening to me. Right. And so maybe this was part of that, you know, like I'm I'm choosing to change the course of things rather than be miserable. I'm, and and do I think I did it right? I'm shrugging my shoulders really big right now because I have no fucking clue. Like I have no fucking clue 
if that was the quote unquote right decision, if I've made the right decisions, I don't know. I second guess myself all the time, but it's happened, it's done, I'm moving forward. Um, you know, cause like what, who's happy that's looking back? Who's happy that's, you know, show me a happy person who dwell, who dwell, who's dwelling on the past. Or living in the past, uh, even if you're looking at, at a happy time in the past, like show me a happy person that's living in their past and focused on their past and right. focused on anger and focused on negativity and focused on who did them wrong or what was wrong to them. You know, like show me somebody who's happy living their life that way. Right. No one is, right. you know, so I choose to be happy. Um, I'm choosing to be happy now. And I'm not going to let anybody steal that from me, um, no matter what anybody else says. So whatever anybody else thinks of me, that's their business. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I uh, know, I, I know that I have so many, like, I'm so fortunate. I have so many close one-on-one -on -one relationships with people. And not just like a, oh, I know a whole bunch of people in my circle, my network is so big. Like, mm -hmm. I know people, like their soul, they share with me, I share with them, we're vulnerable, we know one another, you know? Um, we know our each other's hearts. Yeah. And I have a lot of soul sisters like that. And guys, like I've got bros who are like my bros, like I know those boys, like mm -hmm. they're good people and um, I mean, I could sit here and probably name 20, 30 people that I have these amazing close relationships with, you know, and that makes me feel amazing. Like, it, and the thing is, is that I've had friends just call me in the middle of the night crying because they know that I will mm -hmm. talk to them and be there for them, you know, and I've done the same right. to my friends and I've never once told them well, you're asking too much of me. You need to go to therapy. I would never say that to a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, I might kindly suggest somebody go to therapy if there was an ongoing thing, but uh, if they didn't want to, okay, I'm not gonna stop being your friend. If you only feel comfortable talking to me, okay, that's yeah. fine. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. And maybe that's just uh, me. And maybe that's not, and it's okay that not everybody can be that way. Um, but that's the kind of friend I am. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have so many longstanding close relationships with people. And I think that's why it's so heartbreaking when it's, even it's just one or two, you know, just a few people severely misunderstand me or mischaracterize me. I'm just like, hmm, you don't know me. Right. You know, and that's okay. Yeah. See, I think you are where I was at the end of last year. Yeah. When I left the firm. Yeah. Because that was, uh, <laughs> that was an adventure that I haven't really t told anyone about. <laughs> there were some issues, um, and it all kind of snowballed really quickly. Um, mm -hmm. For one, there were some issues with him not managing things properly and basically not billing clients so the firm wasn't getting paid, and so then he thought that was a good excuse not to pay me. Mm -hmm. No, this is the firm should have already been paid for this. And I tried to set, set up a system for the firm twice. I lined things out and literally it needed 15 minutes of his time. Like, send me 
numbers and I will take care of all of this. Wouldn't happen, wouldn't happen. So, but I, what had tipped the scales was, it was supposed to be, we were building a nonprofit to serve um, on a sliding scale fee basis. Um, so basically it was to help people who, whose income is too high to qualify for legal aid, but who still struggle with. Sure, yeah. I mean, because that's a lot of most legal people. fees. Yeah, legal That's fees most, are high. I would I would be in that category right. if I needed legal services. Yeah, right. and so we were going to, but it was to serve the the basic idea was it was to he wanted it, or what we had agreed to was for it. It was to serve um, Indian country in a lot of ways because that's where everyone who was working on the project are. Mm-hmm. Um, primary experience was in Indian law and mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. So um, then it came down to time to formalize the board and file the papers. Um, even worked a fundraiser to pay for the, the mm-hmm. <laughs> filing fees, you know, for everything. And then and we even had the board meeting scheduled. And it came down to he asked, do you think there's going to be a problem if I am... Um, the director yes there is because you're not native and you're presenting this as a native led organization we can't expect people to not question that yeah and from that moment it was I think two weeks from that moment until everything was disbanded and the whole project was thrown away because <laughs> um, he got upset and apparently he all I found out later he went to another member of the board and asked the same question, got the same answer. And that's when things started going downhill and he's he's, I'm not going to start be paying you on time. Your bills, the bills were supposed to be um, payable upon receipt. He said, "You, I will not pay you for 30 days until after your invoices. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. The firm should have already been paid for these. You make the assignments, you know ahead of, you have advance notice for what all of these are going to be. Mm-hmm. I am not waiting 30 days to be paid because my life doesn't function that way. It's just not going to happen, you know, because that's well, time I could be giving to other things. things. midway through something is doesn't not work. Right. cool. Right. You go into something with an understanding, that's what it needs to be. Right. And so as we're going and then as all of this is happening, I'm, there had already been in the month or two preceding that, there had already been a few issues that had happened with cases where... Uh, I had given my opinion on the way things had, should have happened. I was promptly ignored, and turns out I was right, uh, much to uh, to the harm of the client. Mm-hmm. And, and um, then I got a call. Um, it was after that that conversation where he where I upset him, and so after that point, there wasn't much conversation he would have with me. And I got a call from a client, and where she was. Actually, I was talking to her about billing, and she started telling me, well, she wasn't paying because she was upset. And she started explaining to me well, why she was upset. And um, without going into the detail, essentially, he committed malpractice, in my opinion, during her hearing. Ugh. And that's I'm why she was upset. Now. He yeah. went un- completely unprepared. He didn't take her evidence. He, didn't, he presented nothing on the issue at all. And this is not what he told me happened during the hearing. And, and in all of these, and in several of these cases, 
there were he was hiding this stuff from me like the one um that was a huge problem um that turned to, to actually be risking the safety of a child he did not tell me that he had gone against what we had decided in that case that led to that very predictable outcome Oh, no. And I told him on the phone when that happened, because he's like, what should I do? I said, this is your fault. You did this. This is your responsibility, and you need to find a way to fix it and never, ever do that again, or I will not work with you, because it's irresponsible. Um, not illegal, but irresponsible. Um, and so all of this was happening, and so, and, um, so then he was upset with me, and he sent me this rambling email about... Um, I'm not obligated to pay you immediately because standard practice is 30 days. I'm like, that's not what we agreed to. And, but it was turning into gaslighting. Like you are just trying to take advantage of me for money. I'm like, this is literally a contractual agreement. Like I do this, you know, this is the hourly rate. I bill you for the hours. Like, I don't understand how this turns Well, you already into... had a pattern of, of working together already too. Like, Oh yeah. We've been working together for like a year. Yeah, like you already had a set standard mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it turned into this whole gaslighting thing where, and he's like, you told me you were like this. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't did. Don't you love it when people tell you things that you don't remember ever saying? Well, and then... I do remember saying it because what I said was, you know what? I can't work with somebody that's demonstrating the lack of professionalism that you are right now and you will not speak to me that way again. Actually, that's the first, my first response was, okay, here's, you know, you know, this change in terms is not okay with me, but do know you will not speak to me that way again. And that, I, I think the words I used was in that unprofessional manner again. So then I got another angry email and that was when I said, you know what, I'm not going to work with somebody who thinks it's okay to behave this way. I said, I've seen you behave this way with clients. You are not going to behave this way with me. So we won't be working together anymore. And then the next week, he scrapped the plan for the entire thing that we had been building for a year. I have no idea what happened to the money that we raised. Um, <laughs> no idea. Um, I'm not even sure what the obligation would be legally, since it was advertised as fundraising for a 501c3 that he never filed, although I wasn't aware at the time that he hadn't filed it at all. I thought he had started the initial paperwork. Um, <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, so, you know, I left because my damn ethics. And <laughs> But ever since, I've been just like, because I feel, I think it was the right decision. I feel like it was the right decision. But damn it, my life has suffered from it. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, effectively, I lost. Um, that happened at the same time that... Um, my son's father stopped paying child support as well. So effectively, I lost 50% of the revenue that came into my house. Wow. All at once. Oh, wow. <laughs> All at once. And so that that's a huge, a huge thing. And, and that's one thing I do want to um, talk about. And I have somebody who has agreed to be a guest. We just have to work out the logistics on um, to talk about is money. I don't know if it's just an American thing. I don't know what they do in other capitalist countries, but here, you know, there's this big stigma about you don't talk about money and you don't talk about money problems. 
and all of this. And so there's so many people who are struggling and they feel like they're alone and they are absolutely not alone. Yeah. You know, cause that's what she was talking about. Like, she, you know, she's an educated woman too, but she's been struggling lately oh, and yeah. she's having to go to the food bank and supplement their food. And she's like, I've been feeling ashamed of this. And then I just realized it shouldn't, you yeah. know, like, um, like I said, you know, the child support was a huge blow to have that, you know, neither one of the fathers are paying child support, you know, um, husband is over $78,000 behind. I could buy a house if he hit the lottery and paid that off. Somebody please buy him a lottery ticket. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and the other one, he's he's only like five grand behind, but losing that at, that at the same time is losing I think my that there should contract. be, I just had a brilliant idea. Okay. I think that there should be a nonprofit that raises money to fulfill the obligations of these fathers who don't, but still hold them accountable for the amounts they owe. Um, or even if we could, do, even if there was nonprofit legal representation to take them to court, because that's the thing, like child support enforcement, at least, I don't know if it's statewide, but at least in the um, office that holds my cases, they will do nothing, not even a letter, until they have paid zero dollars for 90 days. So what happens? By ninety is, days, you can disappear. Uh -huh. So what happens is my ex-husband sends one payment quarterly. <laughs> and that's how. That's what he does, and that's how he gets by with it. That's why he's seventy-eight grand behind. Because wow. he sends one payment quarterly, then they won't send him a letter until ninety days is up, and then he's got another month. What to is get the statute in. on it? The statute. It's a lot of May, is what it is. They they're not required to do anything. They can wait. They like to say, when I've talked to case, to some of the caseworkers, they're like, no, we have to wait 90 days. I said, no, you may wait 90 days. That's not a requirement. You could be aggressively enforcing this. You are choosing not to. Is there a statute on, um, and I'm sure there probably is, maybe you know, um, but how long of a, or how, how many payments, how long, what's the time frame or requirement for missing payments? before uh, wages can be garnished? They can garnish it um, just, with an, uh, just with an order, through the, through the administrative court, just with an order. They don't have to be behind. They can do that wage assignment. Um, that's part of the statute. Um, unfortunately, both of mine work under 1099s, so there's no way to garnish it. Now, occasionally... You take a tax return. Yes. Um, I called last week and was told, wait, even though they were so both so far behind that they had not filed for tax offsets on either one of them. Don't know why that is. Probably because they don't have the work. They don't have enough staff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Child but support enforcement. You can, yeah. Now you can go, you can, of course, enforce it on your own through district court, but the fee is just to file for the contempt is almost $200, mm -hmm. you know? Hmm. And so if we had, if we had a nonprofit that could, you know, cover those fees, 
even just cover the fees and let him do it pro se. They don't technically, unless he's going to fight something, they doesn't even need representation. They just need to be able to cover those court costs. I can't pay $200 every time he don't pay because he never pays. And I'm not getting any of that money back and I'm having to take time off work to go to hearings. Because mm -hmm. Wesman did do 90 days in jail over this at one point. Did not change anything. Well, you know what? I, I, I mean, there needs to be a way to change the statute mm -hmm. uh, to allow for you know lesser fees on these particular types of of uh, violations and, and, and filing. I, and I know that there are ways to get the filing fees waived in mm -hmm. certain circumstances, and it seems like it can it can be kind of hard. And yeah. I mean, but people who don't have law training are going to have difficulty figuring it out. Yeah, well, just like things like the VPO mm -hmm. uh, programs that are at the different courthouses throughout our state. Um, you know, I worked uh, during law school, and, and it was just essentially helping I did people fill out, um, mm -hmm. you know, helping them feel calm and fill out their information so that they could file for a VPO. And that being a... I, I feel like there was a, a fee waiver. I kind of... I need to look into this now. So, I don't know. There needs to be some things. And, you know, they streamline the process for a non-custodial parent to file contempt should you deprive them of their visitation. So, say it was visitation weekend and I didn't let my son go see his dad. They streamline that process. It's a lower fee, I, th I think. And he can go to the court clerk. So there is a form at the court clerk. So they don't need they don't need legal representation to draft anything, or they're not having to Google and hope that's the right language. It's a form, and they fill it out and they file it. So they can streamline that process for contempt, but you can't streamline the one for I should only have to fill out a form and say he's not paying. But I think it's because it was supposed to be fixed by the administrative court with mm -hmm. child support enforcement, but they're not pursuing it aggressively. And you know I do social work a lot of my clients would not need assistance if they were getting the child support that they need that they are entitled to sure well i think this sounds like something that we could perhaps go to a uh, legislator about and see about getting something we need to figure out the proposed we've got to figure out change that would need to be done but and who to do it because every time i've talked to people i keep hearing the same thing well we don't want to punish them if they're having trouble paying that's the same thing I hear every time I talk to somebody in child support enforcement. I've talked to DAs about well, this. some thresholds, okay? Right. Like, you know, I know that, like... At least make him show up and answer, yeah. like, why. Set some thresholds and, and some... You can put some protection. I mean, maybe they do need to be making a certain amount of money. Or maybe they need to be a certain amount of money behind, you know, before you can utilize this streamlined process. Mm -hmm. But... You know but something, right? Yeah, but you know, you can you can still protect that just because you know that's a concern. We'll write that into the parameters. Like that's not a good excuse to just not do anything about the problem. Right. Yeah, that's a bullshit excuse. So that's what I keep getting told about the ninety days. We don't send him anything because he says he's not working. <laughs> that's cute. Because uh, <laughs> I know he is, and I can tell them sometimes where he's working. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Although every now and then, because what, the, what they do is when you get a new job, every new employer is required to notify child's, the database, right? Right, yeah. But then they have, and so then they send the wage assignment or whatever to them, but then they have 45 days, the employer does, mm -hmm. to respond. Mm -hmm. So he just drags up every six weeks. 
and goes to a different job because he works construction and they can do that. Mm -hmm. So he just goes to a different job. And so he doesn't have to pay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Clever. Right? Yeah, way to not provide for your family or the child you created. Well, apparently that's not their job. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I had this conversation with the youngest father the other day because he's like, don't I help you with him? Like, school supplies and a few outfits, which, by the way, you don't pay for usually, is not enough. And yeah. he's like, well, I give you cash when I can. I said, but he doesn't eat and get a place to live when I can. Right. Because this was the conversation because a few weeks ago my car got repossessed. Right, yeah. Which, what had happened was, <laughs> I never could afford that car. What happened was the van I was driving, which was paid off, uh, broke down. I, because of the divorce, um, ha had only happened a couple years before that. So, um, because of all of that, of course, that wrecks your credit. Anytime you get divorced, it wrecks your credit. Um, and the my ex-husband did not take my name off of the mortgage like he was supposed to and so even though my credit rating was technically okay it was showing that the house was going into foreclosure and even though because the day that the divorce finalized he stopped making payments on the mortgage so that it would get foreclosed on to screw me over he only had like seven, if he had kept doing the payments the way i had been doing them all those years he had seven years left he had to own that house outright because I let him have the house. What an idiot. And why? Just to be spiteful to me. No, and why would you let him have the house? Um, because that was the agreement. I will let you have the house if you don't fight me for the kids. He said, okay. So, sorry kids if that sounds some way. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you were taken care of. So, <laughs> um, so, because there was that thing, and even though I could show it's not mine... It's, but they're like, okay, so we need a co-signer, though, because of that. So the only person I had who would co-sign was my son's father. And he couldn't buy it himself because he, cause he's a lot younger than me. <laughs> so he just didn't have much mm -hmm. uh, history of credit because he was, like, I don't know, 26 or something at the time. And he refused to co-sign for anything else other than that vehicle and it was i'm like i cannot pay for this i was still in law school that i can't make these payments so the agreement was he would um the, that the, the 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 child support would be set at that amount mm -hmm. so that i can make the payments and i would take you know and i would take care of everything else and that's what we did for years mm -hmm. and then he stopped making the payment <laughs> then he stopped he you know the child support got modified and brought down and I was like okay I was still doing okay paying the extra but then when he stopped paying altogether I'm like I can't make this payment so then he called me to yell at me about you're fucking up my credit and I'm like none of this should be news like I can't make those payments and you stopped <laughs> sending the money that was being used to make those payments like I don't know what to tell you this is not a shock it's not a surprise and so that's when we got in this conversation about, well, I help you so when I can. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't get to just eat when you can. Like, it doesn't that work attitude. that way. That's awesome, yeah. Right. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I'm just... Summer. Uh, These men. Mm. Wow, well, I know how to pick them for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But You're not yeah. going to anymore. 
Uh, well, I definitely ain't getting knocked up by any more of them. Uh, thank God. <laughs> you know, lately I've been on this kick with my, my lady friends that, like, it feels really good to not need a man. Right. And that was what I decided to go ahead and do. I was very happy. Like, yes, it sucks that my car got repoed. Okay. And I, I technically could have paid to get it back with my tax refund. But then I'm still in the same position. I still need him to help me with those payments or I'm not going to be able to make them. Mm-hmm. So instead, I decided to let it go and I bought a car outright with my tax refund. And it's a very sad realization that I am 37 years old and this is the first car that I have owned myself, not connected to any man. I'm giving you a high five right now. It's not sad. Good. But it is sad that it's this long. Like, let's not do this to our, <laughs> to the next generation of girls. What the hell? I was listening to a speaker the other day, and she was talking about when she was growing up, and her mom would tell her, teach her how to, you know, try to teach her how to cook stuff and clean and all this, and she would tell her, you need to learn how to do this because someday you're going to have a husband, and you're going to need to do this for him. And I'm like, I'm sorry, What? No, someday you're going to be grown and you're going to need to feed yourself and you need to clean up your own shit. Like, why are we programming little girls that their purpose is to have a husband? Yeah, no. That is certainly not the lesson my daughter is getting. Mine either. And yours either, yeah. I wasn't taught that either, but dad was very deliberate because he had heard that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. his whole life. And he's like, I'm not raising y'all that way on purpose. My dad just didn't know how to do any of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I was raised by a dude, so I kind of learned how to do do dude-like things. Like, I would help my dad change the oil. He put me in martial arts. I learned how to throw a full-grown man over my hip when I was 12. That like, is a good skill to have. <laughs> Honestly, everyone needs to know how to do that. Those were great skills. I learned how to put him in a chokehold. <laughs> we were taught... Uh, and I had to shoot know, a gun. I, well, see, we were taught stuff like that, too, and I don't realize sometimes how weird my family is. Well, for one, we were poor, okay? So you pretty much had to learn how to you do everything. You learn some skills when you grow up poor. Like siphoning gasoline, apparently. <laughs> that is not something everybody knows how to do. Uh, and I don't realize that until I say things in front of people and they give me this mortified look like, what? And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, never mind. Yeah, but we were required to learn how to change the oil and um, change, change tires, tires yeah. before we were allowed to drive you mm-hmm. weren't allowed to get your license i mean we were driving at like eight but you weren't allowed to drive by yourself until you knew how to do all of that yeah so yeah i don't know i like feel i love my little girl she's like so sensitive and sweet and i feel like it is my job this is so pessimistic but it's like my job to like kind of toughen her up and like you know keep some of that like teach her to like not be so sweet and sensitive to everyone you know to like never let that part of her go mm-hmm. but like to learn to put on a mask almost not even a mask just a a, a, a toughness to have a, a tough exterior sometimes as well um, because life is going to be hard life is going to be beat you up right and uh, you know feel it all uh, experience it all, feel it all, and she's just like me. She's just this little empath. I mean, mm-hmm. since she was four, when my mom died when she was four, I'd be sitting across the room and I'd start crying, or just Aww. barely tearing up, and she would run to me to pat me on the back. And I know that 
a lot of that might be nurture because I was really nurturing and warm with her but also mm-hmm. I feel like it's just natural it just comes natural to her to be like an impact she just really feels the other people's energy right you know and uh, teaching her to listen to that you know I wish I would have been taught to listen to my energy uh, at a younger age what my gut was telling me because um, my gut's not wrong right often my 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 assumption or not assumptions but my my feelings on people are usually not wrong if I, but I need to like quiet myself enough to listen yeah you know see we were taught to listen to that but <laughs> we weren't given the skills to know what to do with it because mm-hmm. like the only emotions we were allowed to express was anger um, so that kind of puts you at a disadvantage when you're like okay you know I feel these things I feel things are off but you don't know how to navigate like figuring mm-hmm. it out so mm-hmm. that's taken a long oh, time I mean, it's taken a long time I, as an adult you know like, I don't think that there's ever <laughs> I don't think you ever master that like I don't know if that's something that can Probably be mastered. Probably not master, but at least kind of figure it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I let decisions uh, like sit and stew a whole lot longer than I used to. Right. You know? I'm not as as brash, you know. Like when I make choices, the things I decide to do, like I've thought about them. You know, I've thought about the consequences. I mean, the decisions I've recently made, like I thought about the consequences. I'm not surprised by the outcome, like, at all, so. Right. You know, it, which was nice to be prepared for what I knew would, was probably going to happen, and it just, you know. Yeah. Uh, another part, but, um, you know, it's still navigating. I mean, I still don't know if I, again. <laughs> it's a lifelong pursuit yeah, to figure is. it out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I feel like it's so saying. I always, t- I always laugh about the universe is conspiring against me because <laughs> as soon as I think something's figured out, like everything, I get thrown a curveball. Yeah. You know, it's like screwing is, with you because it's fun. Oh yeah. But you know, like I feel like the trick is to like still smile, you yeah, know, and like keep going. just keep going, you know, something, what's next? Okay, cool. That's going to happen now. Cool. What's next? Because you know what? This may be happening this moment, this day, whatever, right. this week, but this time next week is not going to be the same. And a right. week from that, it's not going to be the same. And it's not going to feel as horrible. And, uh, you know, I'm just not going to dwell on it. I think being flexible and adaptable is important. Yeah. And that's just going with the flow. <laughs> that was the funny thing when my car got taken. I was just trying to figure out how to do things, and, and people have been laughing at me. Yeah. Because, well, for one, the first day, now I was supposed to be, uh, I was hustling that morning to make some cash, which I did, but I had to figure out, like, how to do that without transportation. So that was interesting. But then I had cash, and I was coming here to record an episode of the podcast, but I couldn't get an Uber because I had cash. It wasn't in my account. (laughs) So then I had to walk to the bank, which is almost exactly five miles from my house. Well, that's not that big a deal, normally. Summer. Just interjecting. Don't ever do that again. Call me. I'll okay. be right. But you were busy. You had stuff to do. Like and everybody else did too. Coordinate. So, so I walked there and and I hurt myself. I reactivated an old injury and I couldn't walk for a week. Oh my um, God. So that's how dedicated I am to recording. So you're welcome, listeners. Um, and <laughs> but in any event, because I couldn't walk. So what I did, I went and got a, an, a, an electric scooter. You know, like one of those little like a bird? No, oh. no, one of the sit-on ones. The ones you sit down. 
Okay. Um, so I could take it to the store and get groceries. <laughs> and yeah, that's the reaction everybody's had. I'm like, it works. Because then I ride it to the store and then I put all the bags on the scooter and then the motor on the scooter. Well, the weight of the bag. And then man. I don't have to carry it. Hey, if you've got an injury, <laughs> it worked you know? great. It was like, How you know, long did you have to do this for? Uh, uh, about a week and a half. I did not know this happened. Yes, so it was just cause oh my God. that's because you don't Twitter. A, do you have pictures? <laughs> uh, I have pictures of the scooter. Yes, I was not a me on it, but yes. Well, um, I wish you would have told me so that I could have come and taken your picture. <laughs> <laughs> but my my sixteen year old was super. Um, Can we read Where's the scooter now? It's in my living room. Can we take a picture of it? Yes. Have you on it for the cover of this podcast <laughs> episode? Yes, we can. I'll make, I'll make one of the kids take the picture. Yes, that'd be great. This will just be our life update episode. Yes. And, he, um, yeah, but he would ride his bike with me and I'd be on my scooter. So he was super helpful. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so. <laughs> so it worked out and now I have a car. So that's good. And I own it outright. No payments. Yay. Awesome. I'm so happy for you. Um, the only way I've been able to achieve that is um, I have my mom's car. She died. <laughs> and my car is getting up there in miles. So oh, sooner than later, I'm probably going to have to buy a car. I'm going to need a raise before that happens. Right. So, yeah, because like right now, I would not be able to afford a car. Despite popular belief that I am well off, uh, I'm actually not. Apparently. <laughs> Appearances can be deceiving. Apparently, people assume... If you've been to law school, you may you make tons of money. I know it's really funny. Which is what I was taught. That's why I went to fucking law school. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, my family—they didn't know a damn thing. They just thought, you know, education. You you know, I was. We were the first generation of Wesleys to finish high school, let alone go to college. Oh yeah, I was so the they, first in my family to right. go to. So, I mean, my mom's side did, but my dad, like, I mean, he's from another country. He didn't even graduate high school. Like, right. Dad finished middle school. Yeah. He didn't even go to high school. Um. So yeah. So they just thought. Law school was a guarantee to being rich. Yeah. It is not. Matter of fact, a lot of the attorneys I know don't make a whole lot more than I do as a social worker. Yeah. So I was yeah. perfectly fine going back to social work. <laughs> Making about the same. Yeah. So. You know, listeners, if anybody's listening and wants to help us, we get this on, on iTunes and do some mastering and figure out a few more tricks. Maybe start a technology maybe, help. Maybe start a Patreon page or some <laughs> shit. You know, I mean, this is like, I, I, we're doing this podcast. We want to destigmatize shame. It's such an issue. Or sponsors. If anybody yeah, wants to be a I sponsor, mean, like, we'll run some. You know, ads. every time I tell somebody about the podcast, they're just like, "What a great concept!" And like, we're you, getting great feedback that it's know, helping people. Yeah, like I, I want more people who want to share their vulnerable, close, personal stories of growth and and you know something that people made you feel ashamed of and and now you want to tell the world about it and and help someone else so they don't feel that same shame and uh, I really believe in it I like what we're doing mm-hmm. I think it's important and I uh, helps people feel less alone it well and you know we talked about uh, with the podcast guest from last week with the uh, his mom had passed away and she'd been a teacher and like her outreach you know just thinking about the people's lives she touched you know that's what this is to me that's why any art or any sort of communication like this like my song I mean it's not about me um I guess it's easy to lose that focus and um you know to appear uh, that you're being vain or or 
conceited or self-centered in whatever art it is that you're doing but art is about and and i mean podcasts i guess it's it's communications but it's kind of a form of art i mean it's self it's a form of self-expression and and uh, it's a participating community type uh, you know form of art i guess but um you know it is I don't want this to be successful. I don't want to be successful in my art. I don't want to be successful in my career as an attorney and helping people. Like, I want to do it because of the people that lives I can touch. Right. And if uh, this or my music, it reaches out to a broader audience, okay, sure, yeah. Like, I might make a, a, a buck or two on it. I might be able... I don't strive to make so much money that I don't know what to do with. Like, I just want to be able to pay my bills. You don't want to be a Kardashian? I do not. <laughs> like, I just want to be able to pay my bills. And, right? And not, That's all you I know. Did. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking to make it mm-hmm. rich, but I want the exposure because I believe in what I think it can help people, I'm doing. And that's what's important. And the outreach and the people mm-hmm. that we touch with it is really what's important to me. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I really care about. Mm-hmm. So share, get the word out there so more yeah. people can listen. So we can... Yeah, and if anybody wants to help us with technology. <laughs> oh, please, because we're kind of on that I old mean, elder millennial side, so we need a little help. Like senior millennials. Yeah, like pretty sure my AARP card is coming any day. <laughs> right on the cusp. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, or, or even just the time. Mm, intern, we need an intern. So we need, we need a college intern. I think we should. If we got any college kids out there, let's see what we can do. We can give you an internship. <laughs> I'll write you a great letter of recommendation. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else to add, Summer? No, I think we're good. Well, let's let's say cheers uh, to the last of January. Wait, this is what? February. February uh, 13th. I don't know. Like, it still feels like <laughs> I don't know. This week has been three months long, and it's I know. <laughs> like just it's only ready Tuesday. for spring, ready for the next month, ready for things to. Mm. I'm ready for 2019 to improve because there has been a bumpy start. It's okay. It's it's all gonna get better. For she you. tripped on the stairs it's and just, fell on her face. I I firmly believe we just keep forward, looking forward. Things are on the up and up right now for both of us. Yeah. And for everybody listening, too. You can contact the podcast at BrokeBrokenPodcast at gmail.com. The Broken Broken Podcast can be found on Twitter at BrokeBrokenShow, on Instagram and Facebook at BrokeBrokenPodcast.